to watch out where we dig through our dvd dungeon where we scour the endless streaming landscape all to help you find some kick-ass horror movies hello and welcome to watch out the horror movie review podcast we're glad to have you with us our goal is to provide you with spoiler-free reviews and recommendations for both recent films and horror classics. I am Jason the Terrible, broadcasting from Ottawa, Ontario, and I am joined from Vancouver, BC, as always, by Grave Robber Jeff. Hey, man. And Slice and Dice and Dave. Here I am. This is me. There's nowhere else on earth I'd rather be. Oh, that's sweet. And welcome to our second Watch Out Horror from the Vault episode. Whoa, I, we, we're doing two this summer? Jeez, man. I know. I guess t- times are tough. <laughs> well, we're so confident that you enjoyed our last From the Vault episode that we've slapped together a second From the Vault episode with even more shenanigans. Woohoo! I love shenanigans. Yes. Jeff, do, do you like shenanigans? They're all right. Woohoo! <laughs> There's a time and place for shenanigans. And that time is now. Go ahead, Jason the Terrible. All right, so if you recall from our last From the Vault episode, we introduced you to the first broadcasted segments of Jason the Terrible's DVD Dungeon and Slice and Dice and Dave's streaming scream sack of nightmares. This episode, we're going to give you the second segments of Jason the Terrible's DVD Dungeon and Slice and Dice and Dave's streaming scream sack of nightmares as we get into the movie's the Hitcher, oh, and the Velveteen Rabbit. I mean, the Velvet Vampire. The Velveteen Rabbit. What the hell are you talking about? Get ready for those coming at you. And then in our feature review of this Vault episode, which is basically a clip show just slapped together of our previous practice episodes before we launched, like a year and a half ago, our feature review is going to be none other than Uncle Peckerhead. Yes! <laughs> that was a good movie, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we had, we had two episodes in a row back then, during our practices, where we hit Porno and Uncle Peckerhead one after another, and that was a lot of fun. I think that was the uh, pinnacle of our podcasting <laughs> careers, don't you think? And nobody's heard it until just now. Yeah, I think we peaked pretty early. But you know what? It's going to be fun to listen to it again. It's going to be fun. Or, in your guys' case, for the first time. <laughs> You'll always remember your first time. <laughs> that was pretty creepy, wasn't it? Uh, play the tape. All right, well, without further ado, here is episode two of Watch Out Horror from the Vault. So what's on the plate for this evening there, uh, Terrible Jason? Well, I've been informed that we will not have a Grave Robber Fresh Dig episode God, this episode. You, oh, I apologize again. That's what so, I was tuning in to hear. And I want to I apologize, too, um, for, for the contents of last week's episode, how we had some microphone issues on on good old Slice and Dice and Dave. I think we've got those behind us now. That's all in the past. I think we can move forward with our heads held high and our microphones turned up. Yeah, yeah, you got that right. You know what? I don't like uh, computers and things. I tell you, nothing but a headache. Nothing but 
nothing but a, a nightmare, as they say. Ooh, speaking of nightmares, I think I think it's time for episode two of whatever your segment is called. Please clue us the, in there. The listeners have spoken out, and we have listened. And in this case, here is episode two of Slicing Screaming Stream Sack of Nightmares. <laughs> Uh, so I pulled a, I pulled an ass second movie out of my scream sack here and, uh, I decided to go, you know, we've, uh, we, we say, oh yeah, Hey, we watch all these new horror movies and, and classics alike, but we haven't been watching too many classics. So I was on the old, uh, Tubi program, one of my favorite programs on the old internet. Oh God, there's so many good horror movies and old, old horror movies, new horror movies, good horror movies, terrible horror movies. As well as other type of movies, too. And I found one that I said, hey, this was made in 1971. Um, and I haven't seen very many movies from the year 1971, so I picked it. It was called, and it's still called, might have been called something else at some point. But this is called The Velvet Vampire. You'll meet her at night in a dark place. She's beautiful, and she's waiting for you, waiting to love you to death. <coughs> who was this strange and beautiful creature who called herself Diane, who lived among the dead and the forgotten? Diane, there's one thing I don't get. The headstone said your husband died in 1875. And what were her sinister plans for the attractive young couple she enticed into her evil world? What was the source of the malignant power by which she drew them into an endless night of unearthly horror? In a strange triangle of love and death and terror. As you can see by the trailer, it shows you pretty much everybody who dies in this movie. So I hope you weren't paying attention too much. Um, but anywho, I'll, I'll read you a little uh, synopsis here. Lee and his wife Susan accept the invitation of mysterious Diane to visit her secluded desert estate. Tensions arise when the couple, unaware that Diane is a vampire, realize that they are both objects of the pale temptress seductions. That's the Velvet Vampire, courtesy of Internet Movie Database. Um, so yeah, fellas, it's a, it's a, a vampire movie, which was really interesting because it takes place basically all in the desert and during the day in the hot sun. But I tell you what, there's some good good stuff about this movie and some bad stuff. Some of the good stuff, the dune buggy, um, some of the bad stuff everything else no i'm just kidding no now the thing about it it was uh i watched it on tubi like i said now i think you can get it in dvd and i believe scream factory might have released a blu-ray which i would have liked to have seen because the 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 stream i saw was really old and shitty looking pardon my french is shitty a, a french word my apologies i it, it it looked awful and i really wish i would have seen a cleaned up version of it so it might have taken away the enjoyment a little bit but i mean it was all right uh you got a couple actors and actresses playing parts 
Michael Blodgett plays Lee Ritter. Sherry E. DeBauer plays Susan Ritter. And then Celeste Yarnell plays Diane Lafanu or whatnot. So those are the, basically the three main characters. Um, you got Celeste, who's the vampire gal, and then the two, the couple, that go out and visit them. There's some uh, fantasy and some nightmare sequences where they... Oh yeah, I guess I should bring up, it's kind of like a erotic film as well, which I wasn't really expecting. Maybe I should have because of the thumbnail, kind of looked fairly erotic. Anyway, so there's some hoots and stuff and some love sequences and some scariness. There's no scariness. But it was interesting. There's not much else to it. It's a weird vampire movie. I don't know if I should tell you to watch it or not, to be fair. Um, no, I wouldn't, unless you really like vampire <laughs> movies. I don't know, Slice. And after your review of Eat last last week, I think I was expecting something more controversial. But what made you pick this movie again? Um, the fact that it was from, ni- from 1971, and it was only an hour and 20 minutes or so. I said, ooh, I like both of those reasons. There, there's some good and some bad. Uh, like I say, there's a lot of bitings of necks. There's a lot. Oh, holy crap! Do you know what was in this film? There was some actual grave robbing, which was pretty impressive. I thought about you there, grave robber Jeff. There's a. Oh yeah, the ending is just bizarre. Um, there's a chase sequence, and I tell you, that really made me scratch my head. I can't go into too much more of that, obviously, but. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, it's interesting. Watch the preview, and if you think it looks good, uh, watch it. I can't give it a I can't give it much more of a glowing review than that. I didn't hate it. The Velvet Vampire from so, 1971. Did you mention what you gave it out of ten? I think I gave it a two out of five, which would be a fat four out of ten. So taking a look at the Rotten Tomatoes reviews here, or you know what I'm saying, scores. That's what they're called, aren't they? Scores. Um, so the tom tomato meter out of eight reviews 63 percent and then we got an audience score of 50 plus ratings of 27 percent so it doesn't it doesn't seem very well sought after but you know there's a few reviews on letterbox and they were i thought they were good reviews so i guess it's kind of if you like uh if you like if you can handle older movies the uh the story isn't like the greatest, but it's not terrible either. So, did you mention who directed it? Directed? Oh, that's a good point. It's a, a female director, Stephanie Rothman. Uh, she's done such other films as Terminal Island, Beyond Atlantis. Oh, those are oh shit. Those she was the writer of those. My apologies. Well, that's okay. Let me see what she is. Um, director, Terminal Island. <laughs> oh my god. She, she did a film in 1967 called It's a Bikini World, uh, and then Bloodbath. And so, you know, around the late 60s, early uh, 1970s, she was directing some flicks. So. It certainly is a bikini world. Um, it can be, especially in spring break, like Jeff likes to say. Uh, so anyway, everybody, that was my uh, pick from the stream sack. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thank you, Slice and Dice and Dave, for that pick from the stream sack, scream sack of nightmares. Screaming stream sack of nightmares. Thank you. Well, I think we're going to go straight into my segment now, which is (gasps) Jason the Terrible's DVD Dungeon. 
So my, the point of my segment is to try to get into my DVD collection and pull out some DVDs that I haven't watched yet and and use that as an excuse to, to get them on my TV and, and out to all of you. So. so did you do that with Frailty last week? Frailty is in my DVD collection, but it's one that I watched a few weeks ago. So I didn't watch it specially for last week's episode but it was one that as soon as i watched it i knew that i was going to have to talk about it in the podcast as i didn't realize you watched it so recently yes i did and actually this this one that i'm going to talk about is a movie that i watched when i was a kid but i have the dvd because i watched it when i was a kid and i wanted to watch it again and so I'm interested, Grave Robber, whether you remember this movie at all. I think you were there with me when we watched it. I'm not so sure about you, Slicen, but it's possible. Today, for Jason the Terrible's DVD Dungeon, we are going to be talking about, from 1986, The Hitcher. Heading west on a long, lonely highway, only his dreams for company, until... My mother told me never to do this. Before many miles, he'll wish he'd taken his mom's advice. When Jim Halsey let the hitcher into his car, he opened the doors of hell. What do you want? I want you to stop me. Once you've met the Hitcher, you'll never pick up another. Why are you doing this to me? You're a smart kid. Figure it out. I didn't do it. I didn't do any of it. I'm not a killer. morning this guy tried to kill me he's been following me ever since hi kid i don't want to die the terror starts the moment you stop for the hitcher what do you want i want you to stop me all right 1986 is the hitcher jim halsey is on his way to california when he picks up a hitchhiker named john Ryder who almost immediately proves that picking up hitchhikers is a bad idea. After narrowly escaping, Jim is stalked by the relentless hitcher across the great state of Texas. After being framed for a series of John Ryder's murders, Jim joins forces with Nash, a young and somewhat naive waitress, to try to clear his name and figure out why the hitcher is so fixated on him. This movie, for me, comes down to one scene that happens somewhere... In the in the final act of this movie where someone is tied up between a truck and a trailer by their hands and their ankles and they're being threatened to be pulled apart and that scene is what stuck with me all these years later i think i watched it on it must have been on cable tv so it was obviously very edited down and and everything but I remember that scene and ironically enough now that I popped it in and watched it again there were a few things that I realized that my younger self and my older self saw this movie in two completely different ways and that is the character of Jim Halsey who is played by C. Thomas Howell he actually for those 
old enough to remember he was actually in The Outsiders and E.T. This guy, when I was a kid, I thought he, I thought this story was about a middle-aged guy who was running away from this hitchhiker, but the Jim Halsey character is obviously probably about 17 years old in this movie, so it's really interesting how, as a younger person, I saw him as much older. The other thing I realized about this movie is that it didn't have to be edited down for television. There is very little on-screen gore and and very little on-screen violence. It's actually, at times I was thinking, well, maybe this isn't really a horror movie. It, it's much more of an action movie and there's lots of explosions and gunfights and things like that. But But it definitely is a horror movie from the perspective that you've got this crazy hitchhiker that's stalking this kid up and down the highways and he's got this almost supernatural ability to show up just when you least expect it and it was actually what i would consider a negative in the movie that he was always conveniently there to harass this guy right so it's a very much a horror premise and it's and it's a very white knuckle high tension movie almost from start to finish they they really lay the tension on thick here and i think what really makes it work is the performance of the hitchhiker who is played by Rutger Hauer, who was born in the Netherlands, but is is very famous. You would probably remember him most from Blade Runner or Sin City, or he was the hobo in Hobo with the Shotgun, but he's been acting for a long time. Unfortunately, he died in 2019, but he's got a long, illustrious career, and he did an incredibly chilling and disturbing job as John Ryder the Hitchhiker in this movie. I think the other reason I remember this movie a lot is because it stars Jennifer Jason Lee as well as the character Nash. Again, I think she looked a lot older when I was younger, but she's definitely around the same age, like a 17, 18, 19 year old girl that, that teams up with Jim as they try to outrace and outmaneuver the hitchhiker. I always had a thing for Jennifer Jason Lee. I think maybe it has something to do with the fact that my name is in her name, but, uh, you know, your uh, your 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 what's in her what? Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't paying attention, and I heard something. That, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I expected that would be when you would come back into the conversation there, Slicen. And just to remind everyone that Jennifer Jason Lee was in Single White Female, which has a lot of good pluses for it. I've always liked that movie. Um, she's been a lot of things too. Uh, Fast uh, Times at Ridgemount High. Fast Times at Ridgemount High. She's been in Dolores Claiborne, which is a Stephen King connection, which will make another connection with another movie we talk about in a bit. Uh, she was in Existence, which is a David Cronenberg film. So she was all over the place in the in the 80s and early 90s. So, yeah, like I said, not a lot of gore, but a lot of tension. You know, there there's a lot of stretching the logic here, but... It's a very effective, tense movie. It's you're trying to figure out, you know, what this guy's problem is and and why he's chasing after poor Jim. And things just get worse and worse and worse for this guy. Yeah, it's it's a fun time. It's well acted, it's well shot. There's some dated things like the rear projection when they're when they're driving in certain scenes and the rear projection doesn't always line up with the environment that they're driving through but uh, it's not a classic by any means but it's one that i think a lot of people have seen from the 80s and if you if you haven't i think you should they did a, a sequel in 2003 
and they actually did a remake in 2007, which I haven't seen, but that one stars Sean Bean. I'm assuming he's acting as the, the Hitcher, so you might know Sean Bean from, of course, Game of Thrones. You can pick up The Hitcher on DVD. Right now it's on Amazon for $13.49. There's actually a VHS copy for $14.99. That would be cool. Uh, the region-free Blu-ray, the international version, is in at $44. I gave this one a 7 out of 10 on my Letterboxd. Speaking of Letterboxd, it comes in at 3.6 out of 5, so that's a 7.2 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 62% on 37 critic reviews and 74% on 25,000 plus audience reviews. IMDb has it at 7.2 out of 10. So that's The Hitcher from 1986. Well, thank you very much there, Jason the Terrible. That doesn't sound like a terrible uh, pick you've unlocked from your old vault there. Okay, now on to Grave Robin Jeff's uh, Grave Robin pick of the week or whatever the hell he calls it. All right, here we go. Oh, wait. Postpone till <laughs> next week. Sorry. God, God damn it, Grave Robin. You haven't been, in, you haven't been robbing enough graves these days, you see? Boy. He's got to go back and watch Frailty and Eat and, and Velveteen Rabbit and, and Hitchhiker. Hitcher. Hold on. Velveteen <laughs> Rabbit. Let's not confuse this guy. Come on, man. Anywho. So let me ask you this, Grave Robber. After after those two segments, which which movie do you think you're gonna seek out first? Uh, just because I'm a glutton for punishment, I'll have to take in eat. Ah. No, I was talking about the two that we just talked about. <laughs> oh. What? Oh, I thought you meant of the, the ones from the past two weeks. No, well, I, I mean, I guess you just answered that question, but I was talking about the eat. ones we just. <laughs> So so after Eat, like assuming that you still want to watch horror movies after you watch that movie, what what would be your next one? See, the problem is I'm a sucker for catchy titles. And that's a catchy <laughs> title to me. It's like, wow. Anyways. But, uh, well, I think just because of the star power, I would have to go with The Hitcher. And plus, apparently, I might have seen it already and I don't remember. I'm pretty sure you have. Yeah, I don't know. But I love Sean Bean in Game of Thrones. Screw those guys. I have no idea if the remake's any good. Oh, is Sean Bean in the remake or the original one? The remake. Oh, okay. I missed that part. You guys just don't listen when we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I heard Sean Bean. It was a different part of the conversation. Yes, it was. All right, we are continuing in our theme of horror movies with names that make you go, hmm. Last (laughs) week, we reviewed the movie Porno. This week, we are reviewing the movie, what, Grave Robber? Uncle Peckerhead. Yes, indeed. Band meeting. Shows seven days. What do you guys need a band for? So that our band can go on tour. I can drive y'all. Every touring band needs a road, don't they? Sorry, I didn't get your name. My name's Peckerhead. That is not your name. It's tour time. Peck, we gotta move. Let's go. What could be taking him so long? 
Hello? suggested this one so while perusing the imdb last week for our uh, porno review <laughs> there, there was a section uh below um <laughs> okay okay, okay. Uh, sorry grave robber what were you perusing for <laughs> Well, I guess you have to realize what her last episode was about. So, yes. I think uh, this is yeah, also right. another one that's hard to Google. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, there was a a more like this section, as we all know, on the IMDb. And this was the first one. And, and the name is, how can you go wrong with a name like that? You just got to, in my opinion, you just got to watch it. And I noticed that its rating was a full point higher than porno. And I thought porno wasn't too bad. And for this brand of movie, that's a pretty high score. So I'm like, whoa, there's got to be something there. So let's check it out. Yes, I, I think you might actually be pleasantly surprised by that mo- this movie, but we'll, we'll see how things go. Grave Rubber, how about a synopsis of Uncle Peckerhead? When a punk band scores their first tour, life on the road proves tough when they are joined by a man-eating demon as a roadie. If I were ever to go on a tour, I'd uh, definitely want a man-eating demon as my roadie, I think. Especially as you see the hilarious consequences that happen throughout this film. I have to say, I I take issue with man-eating demon. Because I didn't really have a feel that it was a demon during any any of the movie. I don't know what he was, and I think that's part of the brilliance of this movie, is you you don't know what's going on with this guy. How he got that way or what he is exactly, right? Am I wrong? Um, no, you're you're right in this case. Yeah, and actually on the movie poster, there's a, a very clear picture of him, which is, so there's not a lot of surprise in this movie, <laughs> at least at the start. There's no mystery here other than what he is, but there there's no mystery about he's the one that is the monster. He's eating people or something how much how much does he actually eat the people i guess he takes a bite out out of a heart at some point but i guess he's eating them doesn't really show it per se but lots of ripping things off and stuff but we'll get into the deaths a little later uh sorry i stepped on someone's toes here no that's okay so let me ask you this guys we've we've all been in one time or another in a band of one sort or another i think that experience makes it actually pretty interesting to watch this movie because it's almost wish fulfillment. You're you're cheering this band on because we've we've been there where we wish we were successful bands and we've played in front of some of the audiences like this band plays in front of. Did that play into your enjoyment of this movie at all, you guys? Yeah, it sure did. They're uh, terrible. And uh, it kind of rubbed me the right way because I was in a punk band in high school, you see. 
And uh, so I listened to a lot of the old, you know, I guess what was popular at the time in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, like, uh, you know, the old AFI and no effects and bad religion, uh, anti-flight, you know, all that good stuff. Goldfinger, real big fish. So so what I'm trying to say here is uh, I liked uh, the type of band they were and uh, and it, it, it hit me and it, it, it snuggled up to me and said, hey, this is just like you were back in high school, man. And I was like, yeah, all right then. So I, I said, I'm going to give you a, a chance, as I say. And I do have to say that the music was pretty good. Like, it's not just crap music in the background. Like, I actually liked a couple of the songs that, that the band sang. I know. I would totally buy their demo tape. Yeah, they, they turned out to be pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so when we, when we meet Duh, Duh is the name of the band. When we meet Duh, they have just embarked on their tour their first tour as a band the can i can i can i cut you off for a sec there jay they are about to embark on their uh for you see what i'm saying because they have to they have to over overcome a hurdle right off the bat they lose their band right they've quit their jobs they they have gone down the checklist they're about to leave and their van gets repossessed they need to find another van quickly and they do sure do but before we get into that, let's let's talk about the character. Sure. So, Slayson, let's talk about the Judy character. Hey, Judy's played by Chet Siegel. Um, she's an actress and producer. Um, you might know some of the stuff from from her. For, like, uh, oh God, I'm, to be fair, I don't really know anything. <laughs> but I mean, she's done a lot of stuff. Like, I'm not trying to be a dink face or nothing. But uh, like, she's busy all the way back from 2012. A lot of TV series, a lot of shorts. So she's a, a busy gal. And like her, as well as the other characters, her bandmate, Max, played by Jeff Riddle, and Mel, played by Ruby McCollister, they seem, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, they were super annoying to start for me. <laughs> but I, over time, I grew to really love them. So they they warm they warmed up to me or I warmed up to them I suppose they're very uh, likable characters in the end. Judy is the driving force behind the band and she's really the lead of the movie as well. And I I thought that Chet Siegel did a a very good job in this movie. I actually thought she was delivering a very good acting performance. And I think it's very important for this movie that her character is believable because there are some pretty unbelievable situations and decisions that she's involved in. And I think that she pulls it off as a character that really doesn't know what the right answer is and who is really driven by her dream. The whole theme of this movie is how far would you go to realize your dream and what what consequences are you willing to put up with? Oh God, so many, so many consequences. I agree that the characters were a bit hard to warm up to. I think that I had problems with the acting for both Max and Mel. I mean, Max, you, you can't help but start thinking of a as a lovable goofball by the end of the movie. But I, I think Mel was really hard to accept as always being the dark character with the, the doom and gloom outlook on life. But I don't think that the actress pulled it off I think there was a lot of room for better acting from that character and and Max, to be honest, too. But I don't know. I just like later on when they get kind of into the meat of the 
story. I thought they were pretty well done. You know what I'm saying? When they're hosing down the old uh, peckerhead with all the blood and stuff, I, I thought they were hilarious. But anyway, that's just my opinion. I, I liked uh, the acting. Mind you, like I say, I didn't start uh, start off liking it, but everybody grew on me. It's kind of funny because uh, I actually liked them at the beginning. Uh, and that when you first met them in the apartment, because they were so, not typecast, but what you call them, the characters, it's a certain way and you just know. Stereotypical. That, yeah. And so like when Max is on the couch, like explaining why he doesn't want to clean the apartments and like, wow, I was going to clean, but then I got high because I hate cleaning. And he went like, <laughs> like went on this like whole thing for like two minutes. I was laughing my ass off and, <laughs> and I'm like, go. oh man, this is like uh this is actually a horror comedy. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. this could be good. And then the drummer Mel, she's sitting at the table and she's like, oh, the world's terrible, blah, 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 blah. And then Judy takes it by the horns and like just gets everybody up on the feet and they do their happy band dance for like 10 seconds. I'm like, wow, that's brilliant. God damn it. This is great. But then funnily enough, the next 10 minutes, it kind of went off the track a bit for me, but I thought it started off really well. What you're all probably asking yourself is why is this movie called Uncle Peckerhead, right? And so what I thought this movie did really well was it addressed that right away. When we first meet this peckerhead character, he's got the van that the band wants to borrow. Yeah, they, they go around and they're flyering all these vans just saying, hey, can we use your van? You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> they're, they're minus a van. And uh, this guy happens to pop out because he's, he's living in his van. And he says, hey, what the shit are you doing papering my van? And take it from here, terrible. <laughs> so we as viewers know it's probably not a great idea to borrow this guy's van but the characters don't know that and the actor who plays peckerhead david littleton that's right jeff david littleton i mentioned before i thought judy carried the the band in terms of terms of acting and like you said grave robber grabbed the bull by the horns the actor who played peckerhead if he wasn't as good as he was, this movie would be nothing. Oh, he's so, he was very, very good. <laughs> yeah, I think the the relationship between him and Judy throughout this whole movie is the whole point of the movie, and I thought those were the two strongest actors, and that's why this movie works for me. Right on. Let's uh, let, you know what? Let's just call him Peck for short, because his buddies call him Peck. Let's just say though, we're not going to say exactly why he's called Peckerhead. Though, you know, he never is referred to as Uncle Peckerhead at any point in the movie, which I found interesting. But I was impressed that the movie actually had a good origin for why he's called Peckerhead. We'll leave it at that. Good, good, good. Yes, I agree. I agree. So anywho, um, <laughs> oh my God. So when they first meet him, the best was there. Like, he's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm living in this van. And then he kind of turns around and he's all like going off on this big tangent of what's why he's living in this van and how the world's got him wrong. And, and then he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. And he turns around and they're already <laughs> halfway down the block walking away from him. I thought that was hilarious. And as soon as that happened and I laughed, I said, okay, this is going to be a hilarious movie. Yeah. And I think part of this, part of why this early part of the movie works is because we, like I say, we as the audience know that there's something wrong with this guy because he's in the poster and he's in you know, the, the synopsis of the movie makes no illusions about what happens with this character. He turns into a monster. 
so our characters don't know that and the fun is in the suspense of how they're meeting this guy and how they really shouldn't be taking his van but all of a sudden they're on the road in the van going to the first venue i don't know i thought it was brilliant that he's a lovable monster right like he's almost the best thing that's ever happened to the band Oh, yeah, for sure. It sets up this whole morality tale throughout the whole movie, which is he's the best thing that's happened to the band, but he's a he's a terrible monster. So what do you do? Yeah, because it seems like he really wants the band to succeed, too, right? He really does want the band to succeed. And he's, I mean, he's doing everything he can to help the band succeed. And he's just got this little problem on the side that, you know, he's got under control, quote unquote, and he he just wants he's got he's got that lovable side to him that endears himself to most of the bandmates, even though Judy still has her reservations going forward. But, you know, if you were in her position and you were getting the results that they're getting in this movie, that's that's the powerful question. How how much can you live with on your conscience to achieve what you're dreams are that's that's pretty deep jay what did grave robber what did you think of the peckerhead character yeah just uh, the perfect type of character for this movie where you like him but you realize he's he's not uh doing what you would consider moral things <laughs> you don't say it <laughs> It makes it makes you feel a bit uncomfortable to like this character, is what you're saying? No, I like them all the time, but it's just like, yeah, I I don't know. It's hard to to put into words, I guess. Well, I think that's the whole point. Yeah. So let me ask you this, you guys: How did this movie make you feel? As a horror comedy, do you think it lived up to being a horror comedy? Absolutely, Jay. I thought it. Uh, I thought it uh, had its over-the-top gory moments it had its hilarity and sometimes the hilarity was the over-the-top gory moments plus it like i mean to be fair like like you talked about early the the judy and peckerhead what do you call it uh tensity or what do you call that business like between the two of them you know what i'm saying relationship that's right a relationship geez i'd like to be in one of those someday um, the relationship between those two, like throughout the whole movie, cause you know, obviously she's <laughs> like, she doesn't like the fact that he's off killing everybody, but for some crazy reason, Max and Mel seem to be <laughs> like on the more of the side of let's just, let's just let him do his thing, man. Look at us. He's, he's taking care of us. <laughs> so like, I love that, you know, the scene where they're at, um, one other dude's house there and, they were just in the pool and he's like, oh, I better go. And it's almost 12 o'clock here. You know what I'm saying? So he goes into the, the van and he's sleeping and she's just standing out the window going, fuck you, bleep you, bleep you. Bleep. I accidentally said the F word the first time, but I bleeped it the second and third time. <laughs> bleep you, bleep, you know, and it was so intense, man. She was all pissed off at him. Right. So, and then obviously, uh, you know, it goes on from there, but uh, I thought that was a good, cause it's nice. I liked, uh, I liked, I liked that aspect of it. So one of the things I liked about this movie was what's the use of flashback in the storytelling because you always jump ahead and something's happened but you don't know exactly what happened. And yeah, then that was one brilliant. of the char- one of the characters would be like, "Did that really just happen? Like, what happened back there?" And then and then you kind of wonder, "Oh, are they going to show what happened?" And 
And they do show it half of them. It's, it's usually pretty brutal. <laughs> they sure do. But I'm thinking to like other mainstream things like, I don't know if you guys have watched shows like How I Met Your Mother or Family Guy, but they do that all the time. And it's very useful in this particular movie. And uh, Grave Robert, what did what did you think of the the, the death scene where they ripped off uh, one of the finishing moves from Mortal Kombat? You remember that? Mortal Kombat. <laughs> there was actually two Mortal Kombat fatalities. Are you kidding me? I can I can only think of the old uh, ripping the head off and the skull following it. But uh, what was the other one? If you don't mind me asking, ripping the heart out of the chest. Oh, Kano. Yes course uh my apologies jason uh, the terrible please keep us on track here no this is fascinating mortal combat discussion <laughs> they, they obviously must have played a lot of mortal combat growing up that's my uh, so we're, we're going to get to the gore in a second but i think there is a couple more things to unpack from a storytelling perspective thanks for reminding me grave robber because i wanted to bring up those flashbacks too and i think that their use, especially in the beginning half of the movie, there were probably, what, three, four scenes when that happened? Mm-hmm. You know what it did is it really put you into the character of Judy, right? Because the movie allows us to wake up with her and see the results of what happened the night before and wonder what the hell, right? So this is what Judy is actually going through. She doesn't witness anything firsthand. She just knows that she wakes up and something weird is going on. Yeah. And then we find out what happened, right? So if, if we just watched it in real time without the flashbacks, we wouldn't be identifying with Judy in that moment, right? So I think that was, I think it's very important for the filmmakers, for us to feel like we're relating to the Judy character and we're, and we're feeling the struggle that she has with this, right? So we keep coming back to that theme. It's a pretty easy theme to come back to. She's the one that uh, realizes um, for the first time what exactly Peck is, uh, if I'm correct. You know what I'm saying? She walks in on him, doesn't she? And so she knows the whole time what he's capable of. So now I guess she's worried about what he ends up doing every night, right? So and then when she wakes up, she goes, oh, my God, what's happened this time? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you she can't trust anybody, you've got to. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, and you can't go to bed early. Got that right, eh? We didn't talk about who directed this thing, guys. Ah, well, let me talk about this guy. Matthew John Lawrence is the director, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's a thirty-something filmmaker hailing from the great state of New Jersey. He writes, directs, produces, and edits micro-budget movies and is an assistant professor at the College of New Jersey, where he teaches courses in media studies and production. That is a mini-biography from the Internet Movie Database for Matthew John Lawrence. He's the director. Excellent. And I think they also filmed this movie in New Jersey, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you are not mistaken. That's good. I like to not be mistaken every once in a while. So on the strength of the story alone, I think it's it's important that people give this movie a chance because I think it I think it's got a pretty good storyline. It's not particularly unpredictable, though there were a few things near the end that it went in directions that I wasn't sure that it would go in yeah. and, and some directions that I wasn't happy that it went in. I'm not completely satisfied. It got a little darker here and there at the end, you know what I'm saying? That's what I thought. I thought it was kind of good. I think the story played out in a in a believable way and I thought it you know I wasn't completely satisfied but it was it was not bad the way they the way they went about this so 
and in terms of the overall quality of the of the production i thought it was comparable to some of the bigger budget movies it's obviously a yeah, small budget movie but they did uh, yeah work. i thought it was pretty good i thought it was pretty good considering if, if it was a low budget i must uh, i would assume it was a low budget who's going to give them millions of dollars to to make uncle peckerhead you know what i'm saying but um yeah. i'm glad that they did because um all in all i thought it was a very enjoyable romp in the horror comedy genre and it it had a feel of being definitely an independent movie but Again, it didn't distract from the story, and and I thought it, they pulled it off really well. Let's go into the technical side of this now. Uh, the very first scene that we see in this movie is a pretty gory scene. So overall, in terms of gore, Grave Robber, what are we looking at here? Uh, there's a lot of gore in this movie. Master of the obvious. <laughs> Especially, yeah, when the first, the first screenshot is... Uh... Someone who's ripped apart with an eyeball hanging out. You, you know it's not going to be a, a children's movie. No. Yeah, you got that right. The characters' reactions to the gore were pretty dramatic, I thought. When Max and Mel first see the carnage, when they first find out what they're dealing with with Peckerhead and their reaction. And, you know, I have a problem with people getting sick on screen, and, and that happened a little bit. But it was played up as a comedic reaction to everything but i think it just added up to something that was overall a very unsettling experience in that scene where they come across the carnage and the thing is they do the gore scenes pretty realistically for the most part well no not really is it (laughs) it's not really very realistic at all it's over the top and and almost cartoonish but it's Parts of it were were pretty graphic. Well, no, yeah. Well, I mean, it is a horror movie, Jay. So um, you're going to expect some uh, graphic horror, especially in a situation like this where it's a comedic horror. They got they got to have something, and graphic horror is the way to go, in my opinion. Of their micro budget, they obviously saved some for the gore effects, and I and I thought that especially the first scene was was very gross and would definitely get most people that did not like gore to turn their movie off so be warned on that if you're not a gore fan yeah kind of it kind of kind of serves it right up to you right away it's like hey this is what this movie's going to be all about if you if you don't like it switch away right now if it interests you oh there's there's more to come i thought the transformation for peck was pretty good i thought he looked pretty creepy when he's in full monster out mode yeah, and I mean, like, there there were some times where it was, like, serious creepy, too. When he's standing out in the dark through windows and stuff, kind of just creeping in on people and stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, exactly. that's, that was kind of, that was pretty creepy, really. Like, then you don't know, is he a, is he a good guy? Or, or, like, sorry, he's obviously not a good guy. My apologies. But, like, is he going to turn on them? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, is he, does he turn on them? I, I don't know. All right, everybody. Well, let's move into ratings on this one. Nice. I love the ratings section. Well, let's start off with the old gore section, right? Out of the 10. And I say uh, it was pretty over-the-top gory. Um, um, Not too realistic in the gore category, but a lot of it. So I'd say a good 7.5 out of 10 for gore. I'm surprised you went in that low on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you add in the the old uh, butt rockets at the end there, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then you know maybe I would bump it up to an eight, but is that considered gore or just? Oh, 
anyway, I'd say seven and a half out of 10. Some of the aftermath scenes in here were pretty brutal. So I'm thinking a good eight, eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe more of an eight. You'd have a hard time arguing less than an eight on that first scene alone. Fine. An eight. Jesus Christ. But I agree with you. Grave robber. I'm in the eight. I'm in the eight and a half camp there. Yeah. Eights all across the board. It's pretty gory. It's pretty gory. If you like gore, you'll like this movie. Okay, so what do we uh, what do we rate next here? We go on to the scary section here, and Ooh, uh, right, scares. You know what I'm saying? Is it like as a horror movie, you expect something to be scary? You know what I mean? Um, and I mean, near the end, it kind of gets a little creepy, I suppose. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say uh, scary, but I, I don't know, maybe like a three out of ten, because I guess you don't really know. The thing that I liked about it is, like, I guess he could turn on them at any point, right? And when do we know if that's ever going to happen? So I'd say, like, maybe a, maybe a three and a half out of ten. Three and a half. Not very scary, but... This movie was going to be more disturbing because of the gore than it will be for anything else, I think. Especially since most of the events are in the past tense. And in the first view of them you have is people thinking that it's awesome. So you don't have a chance to be scared at all, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. oh, it was so awesome. And then they do the flat. What happened to the metalheads or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> and and then oh, it good. Um, it's like, yeah, he's just protecting us. And and then they're hosing them off and, and that sort of stuff and having a gay old time. So <laughs> yeah. it's really I hard love, to I love those scenes. get getting the uh, set, the scary sense um, until the end, like you mentioned, Slicer. But yeah, so I, I'm on three on that one. Gotcha. So since this is a horror comedy, let's in, let's involve the comedy aspect. Out of ten, what is your comedy rating? Well, pal, I thought I was driving this section, but I'll I'll bite, I'll nibble, as they say. Um, geez, I thought it was pretty. I, there were a couple moments that I thought were pretty funny. I said the one where they were walking away from Peck at the beginning, when they're showering themselves off from all the blood. So I'd say a good uh, uh, six out of ten for the comedy. I thought most of the comedy was more along the lines of the groan-inducing, but with the characters being kind of lovable, lovable losers as they were, I thought the whole situation was kind of funny. But I'm still going to come in kind of like on a, on a five. There wasn't a lot of really laugh out loud. I think I laughed at one particular scene. So well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with like a four or five on the comedy for this one too. I, I LOL'd quite a few times in this movie. <laughs> we, we didn't even talk about the dreamboat guy's house that they stayed in. <laughs> like, I thought that thing was just ridiculous. It's, what, the house or the dreamboat? Well, the whole interaction with the dreamboat. Like, uh, yeah. The, There's one, one handsome son of a gun right there, uh, Greg Robert. And, and then just the... It's hard to get without giving it away, but when the drummer Max was his name, what he's talking about, he's like whatever player. he was talking, yeah, he was the guitar player. And then he gets like nature comes a calling in the middle of the room with everybody. I thought that was pretty funny. I don't know how to refer to that, but you get my drift. Uh-huh. And uh, I know, but anyways, but there was um, a lot of hit and miss, I guess you could say. And I would say more hit, hit than missed for me. To be honest, and I go back to this, I think more of the comedy would have hit if we had a bit more acting chops on the on a couple of the characters. But overall, I didn't mind it so much. 
So anyways, so yes, I LOL'd a few times, so I'm going to give it a seven. Nice. Nice. That's a, that's a high one. So we've got a bit of a bit of a spread on the scores for comedy. That's good. We're not always agreeing with each other yet. So, All right, Slicing, what's next? Um, we got to let all the sleaze balls out there know about the hoots and such. There was no hoots and such as far as I can remember. So, um, so a- if you're watching this for, for hoots and such, you picked the wrong movie pal oh i was just saying there's a lot of lang- suggestive language but there's not actual nudity that's fair it had it had one of the weirdest sex scenes i think i've ever seen though <sighs> that's that that's hilarious. true probably shouldn't say too much but for all the build-up there was very little uh satisfaction <laughs> an opportunity for judy to show just how kind of smart she was how she handled the the day after too so yeah good point she has a head on her shoulders, that Judy. Because this one line she said, when she's the line in the van, she says, suck my right? And I was like, what'd you just say? And so I turned on the the uh, the captions, and sure enough, that's what she said. I'm like, okay, I've never heard that said in the movie before. I was like, pardon? <laughs> Anyways. So do we have any more sections to rate? Um, oh, watchability. Would we watch this again? <laughs> I would watch it again, but it's not its not on the top of my list of priorities. I, th- I think it, it was. there's no reason to watch it again. It's kind of light and, you know, you watch it once and you can call it done. Grave robber. Are we supposed to give a number to the rewatchability or no? Um, well, yes and no. You can if you want. Or is it just a yes or no type thing? <laughs> How many times would you rewatch it? Zero to ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that. Anyways, yeah, I thought it was it's definitely worth the rewatch after a period of time as a lapse. I wouldn't watch it next week or something. Let's finish this off with uh I think what we should try to do is everybody gives one reason to watch it, one reason not to watch it, and then your overall rating. How about that? And I'll go first to get the ball rolling. Thanks. All right, for Uncle Peckerhead. Reasons why you should watch this. Well, if you like if you like underdog stories and you like crazy stories about having your own pet monster, I think you will enjoy this movie if you if you don't take it seriously. On the other hand, if you don't enjoy the independent type movie, this does have a bit of an independent low budget feel to it. I mean, it's a good story, but but it's not a professional uber budget hollywood production so if you can't look past that you might have trouble with this movie but i think you should check it out we watched it on tubi here in canada out of 10 i would give uncle peckerhead a solid 6.5 well thank you jason the terrible coming in at 6.5 on the richter scale uh you know what guys like uh, jay i gotta i gotta cut in here not that i'm cutting in because i guess it's technically my turn um like what kind of horror movies these days are super uber budget, right? Even the ones that are released in cinemas don't have like a huge budget. You know what I'm saying? They have more than this one. Yeah, but I mean, considering like I thought it was pretty pretty well done. I say that every move about every movie that we've watched. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, here's another movie that they like." <laughs> well, fuck, we gotta pick a movie that's goddamn terrible. We're picking good movies somehow. We had some. Which one? Which one did I not like? Fright Flick. Oh, that was terrible. That was that was awful. Like, we put this one up to Fright Flick, and I'm telling you, this is a goddamn 
Academy Award nominee. I gave this a 7 out of 10 because I thought it was uh, pretty funny in spots. I liked the gore. It was over the top. And I liked the characters. I liked it. It kind of felt like, I don't know, it kind of felt like a friggin' a modern sitcom, like kind of new girl, like I said earlier, freaking uh, Flight of the Concords. I don't know. That's the kind of vibe it felt. And then it was like super gory. And and uh, I liked the um, the relationship between Judy and Peckerhead himself. And I loved uh, Uncle Peckerhead. I thought he was uh, well played and pretty funny. Didn't know whether to like him or not like him. You know what I mean? And uh, all in all, a good movie. I gave it a 7 out of 10. All right. Grave Robber. So this movie for me hit a lot of positive points because of the music and uh, the comedy, which I was hoping to find a better, uh, more modern horror comedy. So at least this is more in that that realm. So my overall score would be 7.5. But because of the music, I would bump it up to an 8. Shit Whoa. yeah, grave robber. Shit because, yeah, because I I no like the um, I like the 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 bands in it, and I thought it was fun. But I guess the negative would be if you're not a fan of ridiculous reactions by the characters to what's going on, because <laughs> it's obviously ridiculous. You have to suspend some disbelief here to agree with or at least play along with the decisions that some of these characters make but that's yeah like i mean if you're if you're if you're watching this thinking you want to want to see a movie that's uh you know up there towards the exorcist or friggin texas chainsaw just don't like just come on guys you're not gonna watch uncle peckerhead for christ's sakes let me put it to you this way normally i'm not a fan of movies where characters make stupid decisions they do it in every single movie I think it detracts from your ability to immerse yourself in a movie if characters are continually making stupid decisions that most people would never make. Now, I think it says a lot about this movie that the whole premise is based on continually making decisions that probably most people would never make, but I still enjoyed myself, and I would still recommend that people watch this. And and I think that's the strength of the the crazy situation, the crazy humor behind it. It's, it's, uh, I, I read somewhere that it has heart and I agree with that statement. Well, right on. Can I, uh, I'm just going to kick in here. It actually won an award at the Calgary underground film festival in 2020. Uh, it was the winner of the best narrative feature. So, uh, Matthew John Lawrence got that. And then it was a nominee in the Florida film festival in 2020. Uh, for the Best Narrative Feature Grand Jury Award, I guess. So there you go. Well, that was fun, guys. Hey, thanks for, uh, you know what? Thanks for sitting around and talking about uh, my new favorite film, Uncle Peckerhead. Well, what I was before you say goodbye here, uh, um, oh, Jesus, I almost called you Uncle Peckerhead, uh, Jason the Terrible. <laughs> before, before you say goodbye to everybody, i just like to say how enjoyable it is to watch. Like, like when the hell would I sit there and go, Hey, I'm going to watch Uncle Peckerhead or hey, you know, I'm going to watch porno. I really enjoy doing these podcasts with you guys and I hope uh, you guys listening as well enjoy it because these are a couple movies that I, I normally wouldn't uh I would, wouldn't see the the time of day in my household these days. So I'm I'm glad I'm uh, getting to see them and I hope you guys are too. We want to thank you all for listening to this episode. If it wasn't for you listeners, we would just be listening to ourselves talk. Until next episode, I am Jason the Terrible. And I am, I'm, I'm Slice and Dice and Dave. Oh yeah, I'm Grave Robert Jeff. 
signing off. (laughs) We've got to hurry up here. He's got to go and rob another grave. Thank you for listening to Watch Out. The opinions you've just heard have been made by three guys from Canada. Please keep this in mind and enjoy responsibly. All right, guys, I came up with another idea for kind of a trivia game to play. It's not really trivia. Well, then why would you call it a trivia game? Because I haven't figured out what to call it yet. Bizarre. Okay, go on. I think I'm going to call it for now something like, they said what? And then someone can come up with a better name for it. I don't mind that. Let's go with they said what? I have picked one of our feature reviews from our previous episodes. I'm going to be reading random letterboxed reviews. And you guys have to guess which movie they're talking about. Let's let's go. Is this going to be fun or just terrible oh it depends oh well let's rock so this is for from all 30 of our episodes yes it is it is a movie that we have all seen so it's not from our mini reviews it's from our feature reviews Ah. i'm going to try to start with like vague and funny ones and then as we go if you haven't guessed it i'll get a little bit more specific and hopefully i don't just get into reading one and accidentally read something that tells you exactly what it is all right, so the first, the first one from Lily on Letterbox. When your circle small, but y'all crazy. Any guesses? That's, that's it? That's the first review. Hey, uh, let's see. I remember reading that one. I'm not even joking it. The y'all, y'all crazy business. I remember that. Don't keep me in suspense. Do, do you know it already or not? I sure do. Oh, do you get to say another one if I don't know it? Yes. I guess I probably should have paid attention to what the hell you were saying. Yes, please, go one more, unless Jeff has a guess. Say, say that one one more time. Yeah, yeah, say the y'all crazy one more time. When your circle's small, but y'all crazy. When your circle's small, but y'all crazy. And this is one of our main reviews, you say? Yes. Okay, go on. Here. Review number two from Siobhan. She's the worst babysitter of the century and should be grateful that Yelp did not exist. Um, is it Halloween, the, the <laughs> 2022? No. Okay, tell you what, I'm going to read five total reviews. And I want you okay. to tell me when you think you've got it. Review number three. It took years for this to grow on me, but I think I finally get it. Oh, girls just want to have fun. Good grief. You know, if I'm going to leave a review, I'm not going to leave that review. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? Come on, guys. Do you guys have any idea yet? Don't no. guess. Just, all right, all right. I know some people don't think this movie is scary. I honestly envy them because this movie freaks me the f*** out. Let's see. Something to do with babysitters. Something to do with pro-female stuff. Some people say that it's not very scary, but this person was... Uh, scared the bleep out what kind of movies have we reviewed your little summary there actually describes the movie very very well uh what's the last one and let's see if i can figure this out review number five not very scary but i have an urge to use thee and thine in normal conversations now 
Was it that uh, that animated movie that Jeff picked? <laughs> no. The, the spine of uh, the tingler or whatnot? No. I don't even know if it is, but the only thing that can remember is the language, then it was like the witch. Grave robber Jeff wins the inaugural round of They Said What? Was there a babysitter huh. in that movie? Remember she was babysitting the baby at the beginning and the baby was... Spoiler. Oh, man. Spoiler-free oh, action. Baby. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, that was, was off good. the record. Okay. Hey, congratulations, Jeff. 